We'll be back here by the Lord's grace. Again, we are thankful to the Lord for his mercies, which are everlasting. He has brought us, saved thus far, and by his grace he will take us to our ultimate journey's end. Thankful to God for his mercies, which are everlasting upon his children. And I... As by the Lord's grace, I'm going to preach again. I'd like for you to turn your Bibles to the book of Colossians, please. Colossians chapter 2. And I'm going to read just three verses of scripture here. Talk a little bit about it. See what the word has for us. Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 6. It says that you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Let us pray, O Father. Again, we approach your throne of grace, Lord, seeking unction, Lord. I know it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by thy spirit, said the Lord of hosts. And I ask, O God, for your Holy Spirit, O God, to undertake in every way, that he might teach us, O God, through your word, that we may grow in grace, that we may grow in knowledge, Lord, and that all things will be done to thine own and glory. We bless your most holy and precious name, O God. You are God, and there is no other God beside you. And you are deserving of all praise, O Lord. I pray, God, your blessings upon this church. Pray, God, you continue to protect them, to guide them. And by your grace, O God, that you will provide the pastor for this church, Lord. I pray, God, for the brethren here, Lord, that while they're without a pastor, that you will give them the grace, Lord, that is necessary. That they will continue, Lord, for your promise, Lord, at the gates of hell shall not prevail against your church, Lord. So bless them, O God, and use them for your own and glory. Bless the word to us as we come it out to thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the Bible says that you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. The day had come when one day you heard the gospel, and when you heard that gospel, you trusted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. You received him into your life. But the Bible says that we ought not only to trust him as Savior, but we are to walk as he did. Christianity is not something you start and stop and start and stop. Christianity has a pattern, a pattern that is laid down by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are to walk as he did. In the book of First Peter chapter 2, at verse 21, it says, For... Even hereunto were he called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. We are to walk as he walked. The Bible says here that we are to be established in the faith. The faith that we were taught. We are to be established in it, rooted, grounded in it. That faith being a compendium of doctrines 
that Jew refers to as a faith that was earnestly given to the saints. And if we fail to walk in that faith, then we can become spoiled by philosophy and vain deceit. We can become spoiled after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and we can become spoiled starting out with Christ but not following in the steps that he laid for us. Many a time you would find that we have been warned from the Bible about the possible deception of non-believers and also of believers. When we as preachers sometimes, when we tend to warn others, we are often described as being judgmental. If we are being described as being judgmental, then the word I have is that we are in good company. But this is what we find Paul is doing here now. He is being somewhat judgmental. He said, least, least you be, you be carried away. Least you become spoiled. And we find that in the Bible, much is said about spiritual deception in the last days. We find that <clears throat> the unsaved, they are deceived by Satan. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, reading verse and, verses 3 and 4, it says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. So you find that Satan also, he has blinded the eyes of many people. And those are, those are the unsaved, right? But and just as Satan had unsuccessfully tempted the Lord with the pleasures of this world and the things to be desired, now he does the same with the people of the world and he does it with much success. He does it with much success. As we would say, he has done a number on the unsaved. From the lowest in society, you would find from the lowest in society to even sometimes the top officials in government and so forth, the philosophy of humanism has led man to believe that he is like his own God and he's only accountable to himself. I was looking at the news a little bit yesterday and they were talking about Fauci, you know, the, the big boy for the COVID time. Fauci has stopped going to church, they say. Why? Because he saw himself as not needing a God any longer. He has become his own God. And so too you would find that there are many, many people because of being blinded by the God of this world, they have become their own God and they think that they are accountable only to themselves. But a day is going to come when the Bible says every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, of things beneath the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, they will have to give an account one day. Every single human being, beloved. Now we go witnessing sometimes, and we are amazed at the lack of concern and the hardness of the heart of the people. Why? Because Satan has done a good job. He has done a good job. Then you find there are those also, still amongst the unsaved sometimes, there are those who will be deceived by the Lord also. And sometimes you, when you show people scriptures like these, they try to figure out where you're coming from. But in the book of 2 Thessalonians, 
chapter 2, you would find in verses 11 and 12, it says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This is, this is very hard to take sometimes. God, the Bible says here, is sending them strong delusions. A delusion, the dictionary describes it like this. A delusion is a false belief or false judgment about external reality held despite incontrovertible evidence to the contrary. That you're believing a lie. Think of the many today who are being fooled in charismatic circles. They are taken in by fake miracles and visions. Sometimes visions that come to them that are so contrary to the word of God. And they would, they would yield to their emotions rather than to what the word of God says. And this is happening today. They believe a lie. Why? Remember Jesus at one time said, he said, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be that are on it. God sends these strong delusions sometimes that the plan of God will come to pass, that the unsaved will surely go to hell. It saddens my heart to know that Christ died for sins and only through believing on him can one be saved. Yet in their loving darkness rather than light, they reject the Lord and so they inherit an eternity in hell. We can only warn and witness to them. And the decision will ultimately belong to them. In the book of Acts chapter 17 and verse 13 it says, And at the times of this ignorance God winked at or overlooked, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Every single person is commanded by God to repent. Beloved, and that is what is happening in the world today. But we will also find that there is a spiritual deception of those who know the Lord as their Savior. And I want to look at this deception for a few minutes today because it concerns us and time believers. First of all, I look at the possibility of spiritual deception. Can the saved be deceived? I want to use an unusual couple of verses to make an important application. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. When Paul had just said that he does not allow the woman to teach, not to usurp authority over the man, and he gave a reason. And then he explained in verses 13 and 14, he says, Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now we know that God made Adam and gave him a command concerning the forbidden fruit. Then God made Eve from the rib of Adam. The serpent deceived Eve and she ate of the fruit. Adam knowingly ate because he loved his wife. Uh, this here is a beautiful picture of a type of Christ and his church. You find... The application that I'm going to make, it goes along with the type of Old Testament teaching on Adam and Eve. Adam is a type of Christ, and Eve is a type of the church. Christ says to obey his commandments, 
But the church is, is always subject to spiritual deception, just as she was deceived by Satan. Just as she was deceived by Satan. Spiritual deception has always been there since the days in the Garden of Eden. But in these last days, it has escalated dramatically. The believer and the local church are being constantly bombarded on every side by unbiblical teachings and ungodly examples. Many good churches, many good pastors and believers, they have departed from the old paths. They have gone away from the word of God. They have gone away from personal holiness from antinomians amongst us. Yeah, They have gone away from holy worship. And this deception is real and it is dangerous. Now this is not going to take them to hell. But a lot of problems develop because of walking away from the truth. I heard of a group, a new group that came up some time ago. And one of my good friends, David Green, he was, he took his son and they went and visited all these big boys, the big boy preachers who are Reformed Baptists, reform everything. And you wonder, what is their motive behind it? What is their motive? They are being used by the devil to bring confusion amongst God's churches. We have a truth that is the truth. Jude called it the faith that was once and for all delivered unto the saints. We do not need new additions to what we believe. Or we do not need any sort of modifications to be done to what we believe. God's word cannot be added unto. If it is thus said the Lord, it has to be thus said the Lord. The modern church today, it has become more of an entertainment center. Now this here is not an entertainment center. If this was an entertainment center, you would have had people dressing, coming here in, in shorts. You, you, you would have had them come in so relaxed. Not like if they're coming to church. When you come into church, you're coming to meet with Christ. Where the twos and threes are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. And I believe a Christian should dress the best when they're coming to church. Put on your Sunday best and your weekly special. That's what I believe about it. And when I see churches now, and the pastors today, some of these pastors, I don't know, is there shame in wearing a tie? There's no shame in wearing a tie. But I, I, I've seen that the pastors today, they're wearing skinny jeans and coming to church now. And you ask yourself, where's the, where's the decency? Where's the order? They only know that for women, First Corinthians 14, 14. They quote it for the women. No. But they don't quote it for themselves. The modern church has become more of an entertainment center. We do not attend the church because of the type of music they have. This contemporary music that is called gospel music today, sometimes I listen to I listen to some of them. There are very few of these songs, very few of these songs that really bring honor and glory to God. They are not theologically sound. You listen to these songs, 12 times they sing praise the Lord, 12 times, praise the Lord, 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 praise the Lord. 
Repeat vain repetitions, the Bible says. Yet you would find this is what is very prominent in these big churches today. The gospel music you're hearing, the type of clothes they're wearing, they come to church for what entertainment. If we cannot have, listen, Trinidad, we don't have any kind of entertainment and stuff. You come to church, you come to worship God. Right? We don't have no cookout. We don't have all this fancy stuff that they want to have this big show and that show. Now they're just about four doors away from us. There's a Pentecostal church. And they have they have like a book drive. They have song drive. They have this drive, the other drive, and all sorts of drive. And the and they have a pastoress, and the pastoress is living with a man right now outside of marriage. She has a child also out of wedlock, but she's the pastoress, and the people who go to church, they don't care anything. You know why? They don't know the word. They're not being fed anything. I I invited her. I said, well, look, on, on midweek I have, I have Bible study. Would you like to come and visit us? You know, but she never took me up on the offer. But this is what the modern church has become. Many are being deceived and they're being drawn into a false Christianity. Many are being deceived. And who are the people that are being used to deceive them? Who is Satan using to deceive the people of God? He's using false teachers. Some of these, some of the, some of the preachers that I know personally, they they are what you would call Sovereign Grace Landmark Baptist Preachers. What are they? Are they? Beloved, what I'm saying here is that wearing a name doesn't make you anything. Your practices, what you believe, or what, what you practice about what you say you believe, that is what makes you who you are. And I am seeing today that within our churches, some of our churches, some of the preachers, of, they are openly preaching false truths. Well, not false truths, but falsehoods. They are preaching falsehood. And these are the people that Satan is using, false teachers. He says in Second Peter 2 and 1, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon himself swift destruction. Satan is using false teachers. He's using wolves in Matthew 7, 15. It says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. Acts 20, 29 and 30, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in amongst you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own self shall men arise from amongst you, Men shall arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. And that is what is happening today. False brethren, Galatians 2 and 4, and that because of false brethren, unawares brought in, who came in privily to spout our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us unto bondage. These things happen gradually. They come in and gradually they will start getting a two a foothold in there. When they start getting that foothold, pretty soon, it, like I planted a church in St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. The first Sovereign Grace Baptist Church of St. Croix 
That is the name of the church. There were 11 Baptist churches on the island when I went there. None of them were sovereign grace. None of them practiced or taught anything about landmark truths. One of the preachers told me that he believes in landmark. So I asked him, I said, what do you think about alien immersion? He didn't know what I was talking about, which tells me he doesn't believe anything about it. That church today is still there. Only thing from a local church, from a church that practice and preach local church roots, they got a pastor who came in there and he changed the whole concept of the church now. They might be sovereign grace, but they are Reformed Baptists. What is his name? Daniel Parks. Some of you must have heard that name. Daniel Parks. And um, But I can't do anything about it. It's an independent church, even though I planted that church. I worked my tail off there. I lost my son on that island. 22 years old, young man was killed on the island in an accident. But um, I have no say there. And it hurts me when I know of what is going on now. It hurts me. But I can't do anything. They do not even acknowledge that I planted that church now. They do not even acknowledge it. They are the people of deception. You meet, you meet a, a system here, but you come in and you change it. What program are they using? They're using philosophy. The word comes from two root words which mean fun of wise things or the love of knowledge. Intellectualism has invaded local church through the schools of higher learning. Virtually every denomination today has suffered from the teachings in their own seminaries. They're turning out preachers. They're turning out preachers who are educated, but they don't have the heart for the work. They're educated in their own system of theology. It's a sad thing to see what is happening. In 2 Corinthians 11.3, But I fear, least by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Beloved, textual critics have done much to destroy the faith of God's people in the Bible. They claim to have all this knowledge. Right now we have the King James Version, that group on, on Facebook, that they're doing a marvelous job, I would say. But there are many of them who, uh, there's a book I saw out there, Bound in Greece, by the author who is a major proponent of the ESV. These people, can you imagine the confusion there would be in this church? If someone gets up here, you're going to do responsive scripture reading. And you're doing responsive scripture reading and you start a text, and you leading, and they're responding, and you have an ESV, an NASB, a NIV. A, a, man, that is confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. Where are all these different versions coming from today? It's craziness. And those within our own circles, within our own circles. So they have done a lot to destroy the faith of God's people in the Bible. We need to continue to believe the Bible and mark as apostate anyone and everyone who disagrees with it. They're using vain deceit, not just philosophy, but they're using vain deceit, empty delusion. These are things that have no biblical foundation. 
The charismatic and Pentecostal movements are notorious for such things, and they place their experiences and emotions above the absolute authority of the Bible. If your experience is not biblically supported, then it is vain and it is deceitful. It must be biblically supported. You find the Baptist churches are doing almost the same thing by using unbiblical means to attract lost souls. They have caused the local church to lose its holiness, the local church to be filled with worldliness in order to reach the world. The church is to contrast the world, not to be conformed to it. That is what the church is to be. They're using tradition of men, the transmission of ordinances. The Bible says to hold fast the tradition that we have been taught. Therefore, traditions are not necessarily bad unless you find they transgress the commandments of God by violating his word. So you find the traditions that are being taught as biblical doctrine, which is the commandment of God. As we see, even with Christmas, it's tradition. Yet it is being taught as biblical doctrine. You go, Oh, come let us adore him is a beautiful song. Except for the third verse. The third verse says, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. The baby in a manger, a two-year-old baby in a manger. That's nonsense. Yet we find that these things are being taught as biblical doctrines. So how do we protect ourselves from deception? Verse 7 of our text gives us that, Colossians 2, 7. It says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught. The faith that you have been taught, be grounded in it. Be established in it. That is what the Bible is saying here. By personally studying the word of God. I'll tell you something. I am so very thankful to God that I never went to a Bible college or some seminary or something like that. I didn't turn out as a clone from that school or whichever school it might be. I didn't turn out as a clone. I studied on my own my God's grace and the truths that I... I remember one time I was talking to the president of Lexington Baptist College. And while we were talking, he said, But Brother Socrates, I'm amazed. Uh, how come you believe the things that we believe so? And I told him, I said, Brother Larry, I said, the things that you believe and the things that I believe, I guess they were taught by the same teacher, God's Holy Spirit. And I... I I'm, I'm thankful to God that he kept me out of some of these things. I have personally been studying the word of God. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I have studied, I have learned, I have protected myself against these false preachers and teachers. And I'm very careful you see, um, Brother Jim Duke, Matthew Sepp told him um, if he would have me preach for him. He said, listen, I heard some good things about Brother Socrates, but I have never met him, and I don't put anyone behind my pulpit unless I've met them and talked to them. And for that, I learned to admire Brother Duke. Because... Uh, Every pastor should protect his pulpit. Every pastor, protect the pulpit. 
A man could have the best repetition. If you need to make an assessment of that man by personal contact. And I I I didn't harbor any, you know, some people I say, who, you? who, he, who do, does he think he is? No. I have respected that in him. And he grew in my estimation. And I stayed there um, Tuesday night, last Tuesday. We had dinner. He, his wife, uh, his daughter and I, four of us, we sat down, we had dinner. Then then we went to a special service that they had at the, an old folks' home. And it was marvelous. And we had a good time. We enjoyed talking with each other and everything. He told me, he said, anytime I need a place, just, just give him a call. And I, I'm thankful to God for that. And I'm certain now that we know each other. I, I doubt he would hesitate to have me preach for him. He knows who I am. So we find that we have to personally protect ourselves. Protect our churches, protect our pulpits, protect our people from these false teachers. And that, of course, would call for much studying, much teaching, and by biblically teaching of the old ways and following the old ways. So I would like to say this here. I'm thankful to you all for having me here. And I'm glad that in spite of everything that you all are keeping on, by God's grace, keep on keeping on till the Lord comes, if he comes, or till whatever happens, but you just keep on the hand out to the plow, don't turn back by God's grace. And I want to, sometimes we tend to think we are just a few of us, but let me tell you something. The promises of the Lord are always yea and amen. And he did say where the two and threes are gathered together in his name, that he's there in the midst. And the Lord is here with us now. He's here with us now. I, I am thankful to God that in spite of everything, that God has given me the grace that I can recognize error. And when I recognize those error, I separate myself from them. What does, what does Paul say to the Romans? Romans 14, some, I can't remember the exact text, but he said, Mark those who cause division amongst you and avoid them. We are given the mandate through the word of God to separate ourselves from those who are not like us. And may God give us the grace to recognize these things and that we continue earnestly contending for the faith which was once, the Bible has once, but I would have studied the once actually, the tense that it used and it means once and for all. The faith that was once and for all given unto the saints. May God give us the grace that we stand against all the evil that is against us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. May God bless us. Our Father, again we thank you for your word. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Lord, give us grace, Lord. Cover us with the blood of Christ, O God. That blood shall never lose its power, Lord. And I pray, God, your word tells us by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb we shall overcome, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for the, 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 the trust that we have in you that you have given to us, O Lord. I thank you for every blessing, Lord. Lord, you know the distance I have to travel. I pray, God, for journeying mercies. Give me wisdom, Lord, to make proper judgments on the room. Everything is in your hands, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.